Welcome to The Destinationists, the show for the modern travel marketer. I'm Andres Lopez Varela. And I'm Lauren Quaintance. Coming up in this episode... The unpredictability of travel restrictions, border closures and health requirements has hit travel agents and tour operators super hard. We're going to delve into this challenge in some detail today. We're going to speak with the Vice President of the European Association of Travel Agents and Tour Operators. And then we're also going to talk about how the symbiotic relationship between travel agents and airlines needs to be repaired before we can make any real big calls about the future of travel agents. The demand is there and the need is there, but how can they get back onto their feet in any substantial way until we know what's happening with airlines. All that coming up in today's episode of The Destinationists, starting now. As we go to air, it's December 2020, and one of the places hardest hit in the world by the second wave of COVID-19 is Europe. And in particular, travel agents and tour operators in that continent have been devastated not just by that second wave, but by the continuing uncertainty and the seeming lack of effective cooperation between national governments in that region. Today, we speak to Eva Blasco-Garcia, the Vice President of ECTA, the European Travel Agents and Tour Operators Associations, about what recovery might look like next year for the industry in Europe, and also the need for public sector and private businesses to work together to not only rebuild confidence in safe travel, but actually create a solid plan that can be followed. Eva, thank you for joining us on the show. Hi. Hi. Eva, as we record this interview, you know, Europe is really entering its its kind of second round of, of COVID lockdowns. I mean, some governments are saying this could last until 2021. You know, how, how do you think this this kind of, you know, second round of restrictions is going to affect the confidence that travel agents and tour operators might have, you know, just after they've been starting to really rebuild a little over the last few months? The point is the new wave of restrictions is catastrophic for for our industry, for our business. As Mm -hmm. you maybe know, it started in August. uh, In previous months, it was an agreement between governments in Europe to reopen the borders, but in August, uh, some member states started to restrict some destinations without any cooperation with the industry. So it was impossible for us to make business, and consumers have no confidence in Europe to travel. So it has been catastrophic for our industry. And do you think ever for many travel agencies, it's going to be possible for them to to really get back to some normal level of business without certainty from airlines in particular about what routes they're going to keep open, what capacity is going to look like, and, and frankly, even if they are going to remain in business at all? Is it possible at all for travel agents in that environment of airline uncertainty to do normal business? It's clearly complicated to be back in business when a travel agent, also tour operators, has no real information about suppliers, airlines included. Uh, The capacity and the routes of airlines are changing on a regular basis every day. This is understandable, but uh, I... Another layer of complexity of our industry. Airlines 
Uh, and one point is very important for us. Our, our major concern at this time is resilience of the airlines. It's a very complicated time for airlines also. Uh, maybe you don't know because it's an European company, but Nor- Norwegian is on the brink of bankruptcy at this moment. Uh, France KLM, as example, they have received a lot of money, but they need another 4 billion euros. Mm. So that means with this context, it's, it's, it's impossible to make business in our sector, in our industry. What about the, the issue of for consumers of... Of, of refunds versus credits, because this is something that's been a subject of a lot of debate, hasn't it? Um, you know, with travel agencies and associations in the media in the last year, do you think it's, and there hasn't really been a consistent approach. Do you think this has hurt travel agents' reputation with travellers um, in other sectors of the industry? I, I'm not sure about travel agents' reputation. It's a big deal for us. It's a big problem for travel agencies. In in the spring, we uh, make a calculation. Uh, air companies uh, did not refund around 10 billion euros. This is a big amount. Is uh, For the reason, travel agencies and our association, we use at this time, vouchers, because we have a big problem. Customers are asking for the money, but the main problem is we don't have the money. Uh, their companies, they have the money, not us. We are giving vouchers. Some members states accept vouchers. It's a, a big deal, a big problem. We have a big problem with vouchers in Europe at this moment. But there is a big difference between the vouchers that uh, travel agencies uh, uh, give to the customer that, and the voucher that airlines give to the customers. Why? Uh, travel agency, agencies, we have, we have to have a, a warranty. That means if uh, we start a bankruptcy process, process, a uh, chapter 11 process, uh, the voucher are warranty, but that not happened with the voucher of airlines. So in Europe, I think some customers, they are losing the confidence in their, in their airlines because they are not making refunds. But I think that's not the main problem for the travel agencies. A lot of travel agencies are making refund with their money, not the money of the companies. So that's a problem, a big problem for us, for our our liquidity, for our money, but not for the confidence of the consumers. Right. I mean, in a way, this is, you know, I guess there's been some debate for a while about the future of, of the travel agent, you know, particularly the physical um, store, you know, do you think that this is a time when we'll see people moving away from the bricks and mortar travel agent towards, you know, kind of more digital interactions with customers? Or you know, how do you see all of this changing your industry? Many of our travel agencies are already online. Uh, 
all TAs will represent also TAs. And they have invested a lot of money on that because also OTAs are travel agencies and we represent all kinds, physical and, and online travel agencies. So uh, the point is within travel agencies and are, are showing right now, they are giving add value to the customers. And that's important for online travel agencies and also important for the physical travel agencies. At this moment, something we are seeing is customers, they need a lot of information to me to make any trip. Because it's impossible to know if you need a PCR, if you don't need, if you need a quarantine, if you don't need. A lot of, of uh, flights are canceled the day before. Uh, you leave. So uh, we think maybe this crisis will make a strong, uh, an opportunity for physical travel agencies. But we need to add a value to our customers. That's very important. But I think it's, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity, not the end of us. No, no, certainly. I think the point you make about adding value, adding something different, um, for the physical travel agents is important. Do you think that this work had already begun before the pandemic? And is it well-placed to survive the pandemic? Or will those changes that were starting to be made beforehand need to be changed again? It's very, very soon to give an answer, but I think maybe all our industry also, the consumers are changing. So I think we will see big changes in the few, not year, maybe in the few months, because just the price is important for sure. It's always important. But mm-hmm. I think in the future, the information to have someone there as a consultant. I think the point I said before is the add value we can we can provide to the consumers. So I think we will see to, um, in a few months, in, in some years, be, very big be, be change in consumers and in travel agencies. So, um, Eva, tell me, social distancing guidelines, um, particularly rules about sort of how many people can be in enclosed spaces. Um, those hygiene requirements as well, cleaning requirements, all that stuff seems to be like a perfect combination of all the wrong factors for tour operators in particular. So what do you, what do you think has been the greatest impact of the pandemic on that group and how they run their businesses? Uh, all the new rules uh, have impact in our business. Uh, it's true. Uh, Large routes can't travel anymore. My sector is devastated. But the mm. maybe the great, greatest impact for us is the lack of coordination between member states. I'm talking about Europe. Uh, travel restrictions and conditions of entry are responsibility of member states. The European Union mm. were trying to put common rules for all countries, but 
is a responsibility at the end of the member states. We notice that for good or bad reasons, uh, the point is the principle of free movement in Europe, free movement of persons, has been abandoned by the governments, and that's the main problem we have in Europe, because you need to understand the main focus for us in the few months was to reopen the borders in Europe, because if we reopen the borders in Europe, we can go, we cannot go to other places, but that means something for travel agencies. It's important for us. But the main problem we have now is the national governments are deciding without the European Union. You know, European countries are small countries. It's not are not big countries as could be the United States. So Spain is 40 million, 60 million in France. We need all the European market to survive. So that's the main problem for us, no other no other rules about a density than closed spaces. These rules are worse for other sectors, but not for travel agents. Our main problem is the reopening of borders in Europe. Right. And I think, obviously, that um, that's a particular challenge in, in Europe, it, that, that travel across the continent, uh, but in other countries. Do you think domestic travel is... Um, enough to sustain just to keep the industry on life support? Uh, can they make it through on just domestic travel? No. Or do you expect, you know, particularly travel agents, tour operators, do you expect them uh, to just fold without the ability to have visitors from other countries at all? With domestic travel, we cannot survive because, you know, with domestic travel, the profit for travel agencies is little, little. Uh, I was mm. talking before about the ad value. The ad value we can provide to the customer is, is related with international travel. You know, to go uh, to Madrid, in the cases of Spain, or also to Paris, maybe you don't need a travel alliance to, uh, to give you advice. You need a travel alliance to international travel, to other continents, to other countries. We want the reopening of borders in Europe, but we need to reopen the borders to the old, old countries because just with domestic travel will be impossible to survive. What do you say to the people who insist that, even though that is necessary, the risk is just too big from a health perspective? It's complicated because when you are talking about a health perspective, the the reasons you can give to them is are not easy. The point is, uh, we need the health is the first, but I think uh, health and economy, health and movement of people could be together, hand to hand. If we take measures, if we ask for PCRs or antigens, I think is the name in English, um, we take the measure in all countries, uh, travel could be safe. Uh, we are trying to promote a safe travel. 
We understand health is more important. Life are very important. Every life. But I think with all the measure could be a balance between health and economy because the main problem, the economy uh, crash, uh, that will be bad for everyone, for all people. Uh, so that means we need to, to reach the balance between health and economy. That's the point for us. Um, recently, a lot of international kind of, you know, big, big um, travel agent, multinational travel agencies like Flight Center, for example, have predicted that business and corporate travel are going to lead the recovery for the sector. Do you agree with that or, or, is, it, or is it too soon to single out that particular segment as driving the recovery? It's very difficult to say. The point is, is I think it's very soon. Uh, Companies they are have realized they can they can do a lot of meetings by 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 Zoom yeah. a lot of them so could be uh, we are thinking maybe this market will decrease around thirty or forty percent that's possible so um, I'm not sure maybe at the beginning of the recovery uh, holidays could be the point. I'm not sure about nothing at this moment of my life. But why? Because people, they want to travel. So it could be the recovery for holiday will be very, very fast. And regarding business and corporate travel, maybe we will need to rethink about our ad value, about our proposal to them, because maybe the 30 or 40% of the market could be loose because they will use other ways to communicate with clients. It's too soon to decide about that. I understand, yes. Uh, what role do you think um, travel agencies, tour operators, uh, both the brands but also the individuals that work in those companies should be playing in rebuilding that confidence for international travel. Do you think there's a role for them to play, for example, in partnering with the public sector to help drive that demand and that sort of certainty uh, around safe travel? I think so. Uh, in fact, ECTA uh, National Association, we are in contact with a lot of destinations in Europe and other countries to trying to prepare campaigns and sending messages to consumers to rebuild the confidence in travel. I think we can send a message. We can be key players in this, in this process. So I'm confident on that. We are working a lot on that. So I think we could be very important in, the, in this process. And you mentioned destinations particularly. I, I wonder what you think about how destination marketing organizations can uh, play a role to work better with your sector of the industry right now. If, if, you, if you had, you know, one or two key requests from DMOs, what would that be? Yes. Uh, we are seeing at this time that DMOs are looking for what to prepare and improve the conference with travel agencies, with travel companies. The cooperation was was so-so in the past, but now they are very interested in, in, in improve this cooperation. Depends on the destination, 
depend in depending on the destination, the content of the dialogue could vary. But I think we are improving this this way. In Europe, uh, uh, travel agents we we represent the forty percent of the sales of our tickets, and in, in turnover the sixty percent. But for example, if we are talking about Spain, we represent the seventy percent of uh, our ticket sales. So that means also the MOs are. Are realizing we are important actors to move people from one part to other part. So I think the relation will be improving. And finally, um, Eva, you've recently been re-elected as the vice president of ECTA uh, in what is probably going to be remembered as one of the most difficult periods for the tourism sector in history. Yeah. Um, when your second two-year term ends, what is your hope? personal hope for how the industry might have rebuilt in light of the pandemic? Difficult question, because as you say, are two-year terms. So that will be finished in 2022. And at this moment, the main problem is our goal is to help our members, national associations, and our and the members of our members, so travel agencies and tour operators, to survive, mm. not to end um, at the hands of big big funds and big big companies, maybe not located in Europe. That's the main goal we have in two years, because in two years is short term to decide about the future. The, now, now is to survive, to guarantee the survival of the industry in Europe, to have a real industry in Europe, in European industry. So I know that it's hard to have just this, this focus, but mm, you know air companies, they are talking about the recovery in 2024. So uh, that's our main goal right now and to help all of them in everything. Eva, thank you so much for your time and for uh, your honest insight into the the sector uh, right now. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. So that was a great chat with Eva from ECTA. She certainly gave what was, you'd have to say, a fairly bleak view of the outlook um, for for travel agents and, and OTAs in terms of her approach. What did you take from that in terms of, you know, the kind of the things that, that travel agents can take to kind of move forward through this, this second wave of COVID-19 in Europe? I think the most interesting thing to me was the discussion around the partnership between the public sector and these private businesses. And, and in the case of Europe, as in you know most of the places in the world, travel agents and tour operators represent an enormous amount of kind of facilitating that travel, particularly between continents. So I think what travel agents and certainly marketers that work, you know, uh, travel agencies or tour operators can take from that, in my opinion, is thinking about how they can form those partnerships, whether they're just marketing partnerships or more strategic partnerships, 
with public sector organisations that may actually have a, a bigger role to play, if you like, in communicating that safety message, that um, how to travel safely, how to travel, you know, hygienically kind of message, and really kind of embed that into their marketing beyond just the destination, the experience, the product, the price. I think that really is the key, although it won't substitute for open borders and, you know, a vaccine and, you know, uh, reduced testing requirements. It does mean that when you're talking to your audience, as a travel agency or as a tour operator, that you can create that confidence. Because I think at the moment, in lieu of being able to actually jump on a plane and fly, what really is needed for this industry to you know, have some kind of long-term prospects is confidence from consumers. And that is what's missing right now. Is it really possible that in a way uh, COVID-19 will, you know, mean that there is a greater role for, for travel agents? I mean, you know, kind of in-person um, you know, even bricks and mortar type style travel agent, someone that you can trust. You know, there are so many questions now related to, you know, kind of changing, um, you know, border restrictions, you know, kind of, um, you know, questions around the the, the particulars and the, and the, the fine print of, of policies in terms of, of refunds that in a way, you know, this whole period where, you know, everybody was predicting the end of, of, of travel agents and, you know, we were going to see, you know, everybody kind of managing their own bookings. In a way, mm. is it arguable that, that there's a greater role for travel agents now to hold the hand of travellers through what, are, what is very difficult time. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm sure the conspiracists will say that, well, you know, of all the groups that were involved in the pandemic, travel agents must be one of them because they're on their way out. And now they're very much front and center. And I think that concierge function that Eva spoke about in particular, about providing that guidance around, do you need a test? Do you need a quarantine? You know, should you consider this kind of place instead? That information Sure, you can find it online, but the comfort of having it come from another human being, um, the value of it being communicated in a way that's very tailored to your particular, you know, travel uh, experience or, or desired travel experience, I think presents a really interesting opportunity. And it sort of throws the light back on to those kind of higher end travel advisors. You know, in the US, they call them travel, they call them all travel advisors, but in other markets, you know, travel advisors are those that are providing more of that sort of consultative service, if you like, rather than the transactional booking experience. And so I think that is really the differentiator that travel agents um, can bring to their audience, especially with, um, you know, higher-end travel, uh, like intercontinental travel, uh, maybe, and certainly even, you know, business and corporate travel. I know that Ever said that wasn't necessarily enough to recover the industry, but I do think that sort of taking that, consultative concierge approach that business travelers have had for a while from travel advisors and agents into the consumer space in a more kind of structured, robust way sounds like, you know, a recipe for success in the future. And Eva really talked about that, didn't she, in terms of value, you know, the focus on the value that the travel agent can bring. And I think that's a, a great thing um, for the industry to consider as they move forward. In this episode's COVID Monitor, we're going to stick with the theme of travel agents. And we want to talk about this dichotomy, this, this, this paradox, rather, that exists now uh, with the bricks and mortar travel agent, you know, as a retailer, if you like. Uh, flight center travel groups, um, 
Chief Executive Founder, if you like, Graham Turner, has said that there's some truth to the view that recent changes to the company's business model and arguably the sector's business model were already needed before COVID-19. They've gone from 950 stores in Australia to somewhere south of half of that, around 400. So they've still got plenty of sort of places for people to walk into and talk about their holidays. Um, but it does mean that there's a big shift um, away from that as the core of their business model. And arguably, it's one of the world's biggest travel agents. Uh, they certainly know a thing or two about this. Uh, Lauren, what do you think about how this change away from bricks and mortar retail is going to affect uh, not just the sector itself and, and consumers, but the kinds of marketing messages that um, travel agent companies and tour operators certainly are going to send to the market? Well, I think as we just touched on in regards to our, um, our chat with Eva, uh, you, you know, in a way, the, the death of the of the bricks and mortar travel agent has been predicted for some time. You know, it's really been, you know, people have been talking about this for a decade. I mean, the fact that that flight yeah. group still had 950 locations is probably quite astonishing in in some ways. Um, but I think that it's, I think what's interesting is, you know, really just that there, there definitely has always been a role for the bricks and mortar travel agent. Some people would say that it's um, for an older um, demographic who have been, um, you know, not as, as, as quick to, you know, can take, uh, to undertake online bookings. But but I actually used Flight Centre myself um, a couple of times in, in, in more recent years where I've had complex trips um, with, yeah. with multiple, you know, kind of multiple stops and, 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 and um, you know, kind of uh, different um, departure points that were sort of difficult to figure out, you know, where I needed um, that support and it actually was, you know, uh, was a great relief, I think, to in a way to to put that in the hands of someone with um, uh, with a degree of expertise. So, I think that you know, in a way, the the death of the travel agent is 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 is, is a sort of it's it's, it's premature. And, and well, it's interesting that that Graham Turner says some of this some of this um, you know this these changes to their business model were needed. Um, I don't think that the bricks and mortar is going away anytime soon. And I think it uh, dovetails well with the news last month from IATA, the international um, kind of body representing airlines, that they estimate that uh, the pandemic is going to cost the airline industry $157 billion this year and then more in 2021. I think their, um, their director general has said that it's, you know, without a question, the worst financial year on record. Um, and they believe that um, airlines are going to continue to lose money deep into next year. Now, these two industries, sectors of the industry, I should say, travel agents, travel advisors, and airlines, are they're about as symbiotic as they come, right? Uh, airlines represent such a large proportion of the um, commissionable product that travel agents sell. They sometimes use it as a, you know, as a... Um, as an incentive to get people in store or using their services. And, you know, frankly, arguably, without travel agents, airlines would not get the distribution and the scale they need, especially in those higher-end premium markets, perhaps the more complex trips like you've mentioned. So I think that combination of factors, the, you know, the, the need to, you know, shut stores because, you know, uh, the, the money isn't there and the airline losses do make it really tricky. So I think that uh, while it's true that bricks and mortar Travel agents are not going anywhere, nor should they go anywhere. They should really diversify and change their offering up. But actually, the way the airline industry recovers is probably going to dictate how successful and how quickly the recovery happens for the travel agent sector in general because of that very close relationship. And so it strikes me that really, you know, people like Grand Turner are very experienced in the industry. 
um, unless he knows something, you know, which he may, that uh, a lot of um, other commentators and pundits don't know. It strikes me that it's too early to make a call about the survivability and the style of that business model, because without airlines operating at the capacities they used to, it really does make it super tricky for travel agents to sell the kinds of products at the sort of frequency and volume that they were doing in the past. And so I think that relationship needs to be repaired and reestablished between those two sectors of the industry before we can really make any strong predictions either way. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting point. I think I think that's just it's just I think there's 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 the consumer need, and I think that we've you know identified that 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 consumer need you know is there and probably is is greater than either in a way in terms of support for um you know um if if trips were complex um you know a year ago there's certainly um more complex now in terms of yeah. understanding you know kind of the the regulations um you know being certainty around um cleanliness and and covid-19 protocols um you know there's an enormous amount of complexity in in, in to to give you the certainty to book um but but you know that's the that's the consumer need. But then there's really the business model wasn't there, and this is this is, this is yeah. about the, the relationship between the airlines and and the and and travel agencies, and and that's a you know there are there is a big question mark hanging over um, the future of, of of many of these airlines globally, which is again something which touched on in our our interview earlier with Eva. That's all we've got time for in this episode of The Destinationist. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, really. If you want to find out more, you can always visit the website at thedestinationists.com. Connect with us on LinkedIn or follow us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, and if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to rate and review us. I'm Andres Lopez Varela. And I'm Lauren Quaintance. Join us next time for more insights from top travel marketers from around the globe.